0: The Purifying Truths with A Star. So glad you tuned in to hear us today. Today, we have with us a phenomenal guest talking about what we all need that dollar, the coins, the bag, the money, whatever you call it. Certainly, you need it to survive in this life. I want to welcome to Purifying Truths, Miss Nashea. Thank you so much for being with us. Please tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk about money. And this is what I do. So I'm a financial coach part-time. I still work my nine to five, which is great. But I financial coach women part-time. And I know that this is something that women really need so that we can show up our most empowered, confident selves. Because there's a lot of chaos and stress around money in households. Mm -hmm. And I really want women to get rid of that stress and start having some peace in their life and living on their terms and creating their own definition of wealth and spending and managing their money that based on the way they want to live versus how society tells them they have to live.
0: That is a mouthful and how powerful. I'm so glad I have a seat at this table today because I know how beneficial what you do is. Being a female myself, having suffered from financial abuse, many times we're brought up where we're <laughs> something like a child seen and not heard. We're to take care of the household and with whatever funds it's given to us. When we're in the workforce we're not paid the same amount as our co-parts that are males and i love the fact that you're bringing all of that to surface and empowering women because we can mm-hmm. and you show us how so let's just dive right in many women feel because of what i just said that they just ain't good with money i don't like numbers it's not my thing what advice do you have for them keep it simple it's super simple. That's it. You know, I feel like
1: we overcomplicate things because maybe we weren't taught because a lot of people mm-hmm. did not have that financial education growing up or had to make a lot of mistakes before they actually figured it out or they still haven't figured it out. And now they're just afraid to even touch it because of mm-hmm. the mistakes that they've made. And I've been there. I've made all the mistakes. But that's actually how I came on the other side of it, because I learned from my mistakes and realized this is not. The way i want to live my life and i have to do something different so and you know we're you know as we're brought up a lot of a lot of the negative talk around numbers and math is oh it's not a thing for girls you know boys Mm -hmm. are good with math right so Mm
0: -hmm. we
1: have that in the back of their head like oh i'm not good with numbers i'm not good with managing money and then sometimes in certain households the man is the one that's managing the finances Um, And then women are expected to just go with the flow, not ask Mm -hmm. questions, not be part of the planning and just take care of the kids, take care of the home and let the man take over the finances, which is how a lot of women get in trouble, because if there's divorce or there's death of the spouse, now they're left to figure it out and Um. they have no idea what they're doing because their partner took care of everything or they just didn't want to learn it. And then now they're in a place where they're forced to learn it. And then it can be stressful and confusing because they've never actually had to
0: do it. That is such a great point. You are right. I remember growing up and I was raised by my grandmother and I was taught to cook, clean and have babies. You're going to go to college, but that's just in case your husband dies before you. So you can have something in your back pocket. And I don't think that what was taught to me is so different as what was taught to those of my generation or what may be subconsciously taught even today. So before we talk about all the gems that you have, let's talk about what makes you qualified. Because honey, I can give you some money advice. It might not be the right advice, but I can definitely give you some advice because everybody knows how to do it better until they have to do it. But what makes you qualified, understanding that you said you were introduced to it because of what you were going through. But please share with the audience your qualifications.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I think experience is like one of the best qualifications. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you go to college and then you get a job and then they're looking for that person who has the experience and you just got out of college and you have a master's degree so you can't apply for the job because you don't have the experience. So I think sometimes we get caught up on certifications and titles and everything else where someone who has all of the experience is more qualified. But I will say my experience. I've also graduated from the Financial Coaching Academy to really expand on my experience and look at more of the mindset side of it, look at more mm-hmm. strategies and understand how, you know, it's not a cookie cutter type thing. Everyone is different and everyone needs different processes and strategies and ways of managing their money that works based on their personality or some of the things that they're holding on to. I also bring my process improvement certification, my Yellow Belt Six Sigma Lean process improvement certification within my coaching and help get rid of waste and going through the process to see, you know, what's working, what isn't working and how can we streamline your finances for you. And I've gone through other coaching programs that are not directly connected to financial coaching but just coaching per se and giving the general marketing sales and the best way to work with clients when you're in a coaching environment
0: phenomenal you know many times i'm i'm a nurse by profession and many times we think of health so we're going to think of our physical health first does it hurt does it work the way that it used to work and if not we're going to see a specialist and more recently started to think about, especially since COVID, you know, that mental health. Oh my goodness, is this normal? Should I be thinking this? I need to go get some help. Now therapy is more accepted. But still, I find that finances are taboo topics for those that don't have. You know, for those that have, they talk about it all the time. Oh, I invested here. And did you see this is going up? And do you know? But for people that are paycheck to paycheck, it's a taboo topic and it should not be. So we all have to deal with money. We, Whether we like it or not, you know, it's, it's the way of the world. So what do you think is the best way to learn about finance and how to approach personal finance?
1: Just, just do it, as Nike says, right? <laughs> just do it. So I think there's different things. So One, we have YouTube University, right? Like you can find everything on YouTube. You might end up going down the rabbit hole or you might not necessarily know what to look for, but you could always type something in YouTube, how to budget, you know, things like that. So use the resources, the free resources that's available to you because there's an unlimited amount of resources that are out there. My next thing is work with a coach or someone that can help you and go through the process with you one-on-one. Because sometimes those cookie cutter or the basic strategies that are taught, yes, they're great. They're gonna give someone the step by step guide of maybe how they can budget or how they can pay off debt, how they can build their credit. But everyone's financial situation is different. So, like you mentioned, someone may literally be living paycheck to paycheck and have nothing left over after they pay all of their bills. And someone else may actually have more than enough income coming in. They're just not managing their money properly or the extra that they do have that could get them out of debt or build their savings. They're spending it like crazy because they just have no control or they don't really know like what they want to be working towards or what they want their future to look like. So therefore, they're just spending all of their money and it feels like they're living paycheck to paycheck when they don't have to. I'm an advocate for coaching, obviously, that's because that's what I do, but I also think it's important that someone has someone that they can trust to work with them one-on-one so that they can have a strategy that works best for their finances. There's also a lot of nonprofits and different organizations that offer free financial workshops. I know I do it for a couple of nonprofits that I work with um, here in my area and then also one in, in Indianapolis that's for single moms. And they offer free financial workshops like every so often. And it gives people the opportunity to have access to that information that maybe they didn't know where to look for it at. Um, So they could always sign up for those, attend them. And then once you're on the newsletter, you're going to constantly get email reminders telling you when there's another workshop and then tune into those and start implementing the strategies to see If, you know, you can really take back control of your money and start having a plan so that it's managing money is not so stressful.
0: Understood. I want to go back, backpedal just a bit. You mentioned that you, even though now you have your finances and you're teaching about finances, you have your finances in order, you mentioned that it wasn't always that way. So please share with us, what made you get into finance? Was this something that you dreamed of? Were you the girl that loved numbers in school or did life push you on this path?
1: It was more life, although I'm very good with math. I do like numbers, but that was never really my thing as far as like, oh, I want to be an accountant or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was more of life first because you know it was I was that person living paycheck to paycheck struggling like could barely even buy myself a new pair of shoes to go to work because I just didn't have it you know like really holding on and hoping that nothing happened because I literally had ten dollars from for the next two weeks to get me through after I paid all my bills and that was very stressful way of living Mm -hmm. and you know I I'll add this part because there was a man in the house and I still was struggling and so that there's there's two parts to that and this is also something that I like to touch on when I work with women is that sometimes we have bills that are not financial monetary bills but extra weight on us that we need to get rid of so that we can get to the other side and sometimes that can be very difficult but yeah so that was that And it took me to really change the job that I was working in and expose myself to new people who then introduced me to other ways of life, like having a business and, you know, it was a multi-level marketing company. My new coworker had introduced me to something that I had never thought of. And then when you get in the room of all these powerful women that are making millions of dollars, and it may not be something that everyone's into, but they're making money that you can't even imagine. And yet they're living 15, 20 minutes away from you. And you're thinking like, wow, I'm struggling here. And here this woman is, you know, driving a brand new Mercedes, making a million dollars and she's living her best life. And it's like, wow, this is attainable. This is something that I can actually do. Um, (laughs) So I think it's important that we get around successful people, people who are doing something different than what we are used to or what we grew, the environment we grew up in so that we can see that there's more available to us. And then just being exposed to that, it really helped me tap into what do I want my life to look like and how can I change this? So, you know, I had to, at that moment, I had to go out and get a second job and bring in some income and, you know, make some extra money so I could pay off those credit cards. Once I was able to pay off those credit cards... Then it was like, "Wow, I finally relieved some stress off of me, and I see what it feels like to not have to struggle from one paycheck to the next paycheck." I also got rid of the partner that was a, a debt that I had to get rid of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and it and it really just changed you know my life completely. I bought a house, I paid off all my credit card debt. I built my savings, I started investing, and then I was also introduced to the finance industry where I started learning more about compound interest and, Mm -hmm. you know, not overpaying in taxes and actually using that money throughout the year instead of waiting for a tax refund and just, you know, just different things that no one ever talked about when, you know, in, in my regular day to day, because everyone around me was just trying to make it from one pay period to the next. Uh, And then I saw how many people were struggling and could not get themselves out of what I got myself out of. And that's why that's when I knew like, okay, this is where I belong. Like this is, you know, I'm already helping people just by, you know, conversation, friends or whatever, like, oh, yeah, you can budget this way or you can do this with your credit or you could do that, you know, not thinking that it was anything significant. But then when I realized like, okay, I have a lot to give here and Uh I can create a safe space for people to, you know, be vulnerable and transparent about what they're going through financially without judgment and also guide them through that process so that they can then become, you know, a more empowered person to make those tough decisions. So, yeah, long story short.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful that you answered the calling and that you have put yourself out there to help. Because many times we dig ourselves out of our own hole and we did it ourselves, and we keep that to ourselves, and we keep yeah. moving, but you put that hand back, and that's what I am so intrigued by and appreciate about you. Now, you said a lot, so I understand the weight, I get it, but I'm not going to go down that path. Okay. I want to know what do you feel? Is the most common mistakes, if you could give me four or five, that women make in their finances.
1: Hmm. Okay. So I would say they give up control. Not all, but some give Uh up control. They don't take the time to ask questions or understand. Uh So, you know... you know a lot of times we we ask questions and people make us feel like we're stupid or uh-huh. you know they look at us funny like you don't know the answer to that or oh that's basic stuff where it's not basic for everyone you know depending on what the question may be it's just uh-huh. because that person knows it doesn't mean someone else knows it so a lot of times that prevents women from asking questions because they don't want to feel stupid or they don't want uh-huh. to feel you know diminished because they don't know that information so ask questions be Curious. It's okay. And, you know, and get into a space where you're comfortable with asking questions too. I think the other thing is not understanding their spending habits and spending beyond their means
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because a lot of times we're trying to fill void, loneliness, unhappiness, or, you know, whatever. We're stressed at work, we're overwhelmed by managing the household, whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so controlling our spending and really, you know, Spending based on our values versus just trying to, you know, get, get, get through the day type thing. Um, the other thing is, I would also say, help being the caregiver. So filling the need to help everyone versus filling our cup first. And then if there's overflow, then extending that overflow to family and friends or whoever may need our financial support.
0: That is so powerful. I can find myself in each and every one of those groups. I I too gave up control. It's like you think that you're being given a favor, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you're a quote unquote back in the day kept woman, Mm -hmm. right? That was a thing. I don't have to worry about that. And no, we don't have to worry about it, but certainly we should be aware of and ask questions you know, so that we know what is going on when and how and so forth. Many times as females, we are very much willing, aware, and ready to help the next person, Mm -hmm. not realizing that we're depleting ourselves. So I love that you brought that to the forefront. Now, when we talk finances, you know, there's a couple of things that, can be interpreted in different ways. If you talk savings, you're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't afford that. I don't have time for that. I might not even live to spend the savings. Explain why we should save and how can we do it when we don't have that extra excess? Should we wait and save later? Or should we save first? What how do we save and what what's the the reasoning behind it?
1: Yeah. So I definitely think we all should save because there's always going to be something that comes up. Right. And it's going to be an emergency or whatever we categorize it as something that we weren't expecting. And Mm -hmm. if we don't have a savings, we're going to go to our credit cards or we're going to have to take out a personal loan or we're going to have to ask someone for money to get us through that whatever is going on which is mm-hmm. now putting us in more debt, which is adding more stress to us mm-hmm. that we don't need if we could have prepared for it and just had some money set aside so that when that thing, we all know something's going to come up, came up, it's just a small inconvenience versus just turning our finances upside down because we had nothing put up. So saving is very important because one of my mentors use, makes this comment of your, the amount of savings you have is directly connected to your stress level. And that is very true because mm-hmm. I can remember when, you know, it, like I mentioned, there was nothing like I had nothing to save. I and I was paying the minimum on credit card debts, everything. And when I changed that and had a minimum, I always keep a minimum of a thousand dollars. I was like, oh, OK, I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now, you know, for some people, a thousand dollars is nothing. That's like, oh, yeah, whatever. OK. But that thousand dollars was significant for someone who was who only had ten dollars to get them for two weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. and now I've changed my mindset to where now it's three to six months all the time. That money doesn't get touched. It's always there. So I never have to worry, like, how am I going to manage my life if I lose my income or something happens? I know I always have a cushion. The other thing is if there is, you know, only a little bit, then, you know, save five dollars a week. Or save $5 a month, start somewhere. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if you are in a position where you are able to work and make extra income, go out and get that second job. Go out and do DoorDash, you know, dog sit, or I don't know, do something to make some extra money to Mm -hmm. relieve that burden. Because, you know, sometimes it could feel like, you know, I don't have time to do anything else. I'm already, you know, burnt out from my full time job. But, Sometimes that delayed gratification, even if it's for six months, someone goes hard and they do, you know, work a second job for six months or, you know, do whatever they have to do to make some extra income. That six months can be life-changing if that's all you focus on and not worry about anything else, no entertainment, nothing else. Just focus on that and go hard for that six months and then quit the second job or do whatever, you know, go back to your regular lifestyle, but you still have, now you have that cushion where you're not stressing about money because you have a savings.
0: That is powerful. Your savings is connected to your stress level. That is so true and thought-provoking because many people that are high stress, it's because of finances. So for those that are saving, that they're taking your advice and they decide that they're going to save what's the best way to do it? There's so much out there. There is, you know, a savings account. There's CDs. There's IRAs. There's, what? Where do you put your money when you only have a few coins?
1: Yeah, I always suggest a high yield savings. And why I suggest those is because the interest rates are higher. So if you leave your money in your savings account at your credit union or your bank, you're not even getting 1% interest on mm-hmm. your money you know, you're barely getting probably 0.25%. So by leaving it there, the value of your dollar is decreasing because it's just sitting there and you're not getting any interest on that money sitting. Where a high yield savings account is usually an online savings account. There's different companies. They have Ally. Capital One has one. I think Discover has one. There's all different companies that has these high yield savings accounts. And they you connect them to your primary bank account, and you can transfer the money back and forth. Now, the beauty of them, because I know the other thing with savings is people they start saving, they get excited, they see that they have the money there, and then as soon as they want something, they're like, "Oh, I'll just transfer from my savings into my checking account and I'll go and spend it." Well, with the high yield savings account, it, you don't see the money like it's you have access to it, but you don't see it. So. You know, as opposed to logging into your regular account every day, you're going to see the balance. So you don't see it. And then it takes 24 to 48 hours to transfer it back into your account. So more than likely, by the time that money comes back into your regular account, you don't want that thing anymore. It's not Mm -hmm. exciting. You know, you probably just it was probably just on a whim. Oh, I want this. I want to spend the money. But if you can't have access to it within 24 to 48 hours, you're going to lose that excitement and you probably won't that money and the other thing is you can set up different savings buckets so i love to talk about savings buckets because it lets you separate and have categories for each thing so if you want to save for a new car you want to save for education or whatever your thing is you can set up these savings buckets in that savings account and now you can save for different things all out of one account And I think, you know, and and it's fun and you can visually, I use Ally. I don't get paid, so you know, I'm not, (laughs) I don't get Uh paid from them, but that's one that I use. Visually, it's appealing and it looks fun and it's fun. And, you know, it's, it's, I like using it. And again, I don't have access to the money unless I log in and transfer it to my regular account and I have it to where it automatically drafts out of my primary account every time I get paid. So I don't have to touch it. I don't have to think about it. It's just happening. And it's uh-huh. building because I'm not focused on it. So that is where I say to save your money and how to save because I love the set it and forget it type thing. Because uh-huh. that's the other barrier is, you know, when it comes time to actually move that money into the savings account, now we're questioning. Now we're doing all these, you know, things in our mind. Well, maybe I'll need this $50. Maybe I'll need this $100. Or, oh, you know, I could use that money for something else. And then uh-huh. we never you know, transfer it to our savings, we end up spending it and now we have nothing saved. So setting it up to where it automatically drafts out of your account on whatever day you decide and then putting it into an account where you don't see it and don't have regular access to it is like the best way to
0: save. What a gem. And it helps you to control overspending and impulse spending. I love it. Absolutely love it. Now you talked about interest and, you know, most of us think of interest and we think of how much we got to pay, right? Because what is the interest that we're paying? But you're talking about interest that is paid to you in these high yield savings accounts. So there is interest, there's compound interest. What is the difference? So interest is
1: basically how much you're paying for money that you have to borrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Mm -hmm. Basically, if let's say you have a 2% interest rate on a $1,000 loan, you're going to pay, what is that, $20 on that $1,000. So you're paying the interest to, to borrow that money. Compound interest is your money compounding over a certain amount of time. So that's why investing is important because your money is compounding and therefore it's going to double or triple or whatever in a certain period of time Versus it just sitting in a checking account and not gaining any compound interest. That's why a lot of times people educate on, you know, put your money in an IRA or put it in your 401k because that's compound interest. And with compound interest, you earn more over time. So it's good to think about it as a long term, long, long term gain versus like a quick, quick win. So, yeah. So basically, compound interest is, you know, how how often your money is going to double, triple, whatever over time. If you leave it in a certain account with a certain amount of interest earning on that account.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so profound because we think also of savings where, you know, I have a savings jar. Well, you have that savings jar in yeah I don't know, you save, pick a number, five thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And maybe it took you two months, two years to do it. But guess what? It's not worth what it was when you Mm -mm. put it in that jar because (laughs) things have went up. So you would be much better, from my understanding, to put it in a compounding interest account. And the way that it was explained to me, because, you know, I'm not that numbers person, honey. I'm I'm the the (laughs) visual creative type. But to make it simple for those of us that are like me, if I put $100 in the bank and if they're giving me 10%, and this is is just my brain, it is not a reality, but if they're giving 10% interest, right? So that $100 is now 101, right? And then the next day it's 101 with the 10%. Yes. Right. And so then the next day, so the interest now becomes part of what you're getting interest on. Yes. And that's what is so mind boggling. And that's how your money is able to double and triple, even though you have the original $100. Yes. Yes. So I love the compounding interest and I'm sure that I'm not explaining it in a way that you would, but certainly I want to make it very clear. Why is so important and how it happens? Because sometimes we need to see it to understand it.
1: Yes, and and no, you you actually explained it perfectly because that's the thing. The seeing is is very important. And there's an exercise that I do on compounding interest, right? And it's, we talk, I talk about the rule of seventy-two. Um, mm-hmm. And for anyone who does not know what that is, is basically you divide the interest rate by seventy-two, and it will tell you how often your money will double. And so I'm just I'm just going to the visual part of it but it's like in the exercise everyone starts with $10,000 let's say and the person who's getting 4% compound interest their ten their you know their money is going to double I think it's like every 12 years but you can see like you know it's not just 10 20 30 40 50 no like you said it's doubling on the last amount so yeah they started at 10 and then they're at 20, but then that 20 is going to double to 40 versus 30, you know? So I, I'm pretty sure I probably confused the listeners. No, more. no, we're with you. Uh, but yeah, that that's exactly what it is. So it's doubling on the amount that was, that's previously, you know, that's there before it. And then when it doubles, it's going to double on that amount. So yes, compound interest is so important. And I feel like that's where a lot of people, you know, they that's where they start slowing down because Mm -hmm. yes, you know, we can save, we can pay off debt, but we also need something that's going to grow our money and not, you know, at a faster pace than us just putting the money in the account because saving, we can't save our way to wealth. That's not going to happen. Even though it would be nice, it's not going to happen. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: So very true. That is profound as well, because we cannot (laughs) save (laughs) ourselves to wealth, but yet. We all have that desire. So we have to be creative and thinking and understanding and knowing, asking those questions so that we can earn the wealth that we so desire. So we talked a little bit about the savings part. I'd like to just switch up a little bit and talk about paying off debt. I know Dave Ramsey's program is amazing. Love Dave, shout out to Dave. He has helped so many, including myself. What do you have to say about paying off debt? Because many times we've let it get so big that it's intimidating and we rather sweep it under the rug. We're going to wait and do bankruptcy or, you know, we're going to find some other way when we hit the lottery or whatever. You know, we have intentions on paying it, but we're not working towards it. And even if it's not, you know, something that's bad let's just say a mortgage per se, right? Good news, ooh, we got a house. What advice do you have about paying off your debt? Would it be a credit card, you know, a house, a plane, whatever it is?
1: So for me, you know, Dave Ramsey's method of the snowball method is Mm -hmm. great. And that works for a lot of people, right? So starting Mm -hmm. with that lower balance and then working your way up to the bigger balances type thing, um, that's good for those people who like a quick win. And they need to see progress for them Mm -hmm. to be able to stick with it. Where there's there's like three other methods that I think is it's important for the person that's paying off debt to really figure out which one works best for them. Mm -hmm. So we you know, you talk about the snowball method, the other method is the avalanche method, where you're paying off the, the debt with the highest interest rate. And the reason for that is because you know, you want to save money over time and not Mm -hmm. pay so much debt. I mean, so much interest. Interest. Mm -hmm. So you could use that method if you feel like, okay, I just want to save money. I want to do the one that's, you know, the best financial decision, maybe then I'm going to go with the avalanche and pay off the one that's costing me the the most to have. And then I'll start working on the other ones. Mm -hmm. The other method is, which I believe is Robert Kiyosaki, is paying off the one with the highest, Monthly payment. So by the time you pay that off, now you have a significant amount of extra money because you, now you're not paying that eight hundred dollars, or seven hundred, or five hundred, or two hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. towards that debt, which is going to be a, a, a significant difference versus a credit card that you're only paying twenty five dollars or forty dollars a month, you know, on mm-hmm. the minimum balance. So you can use that method, and then the other, the last one is which one causes you the most the most stress. So which one do you look at and it is like stressing you out and you're like I can't even believe I created that debt for myself I have to get rid of it. And some people it's best that they tackle that one because once they get rid of that one now they can really be excited and like feel like, whoo, finally I got rid of that. Now I can focus on these other things." Right. Um, so I I I personally think it's all based on what fits each person and You know, they can start with the snowball method. And then as they're going, if they find like, you know what? I want to do something different. It's okay to switch and do something different. No one says what you have to do, but just understanding where can you be the most successful? Paying off the lowest balance, paying off the highest interest, and then sticking with that one. And then just, you know, focusing on getting to the end goal. And then the other thing is just focusing on one debt at a time. So paying the minimum on everything else, and then putting all of your efforts, all of your extra money in one debt so that you can really knock that out and make a significant impact so that you can move on to the next one.
0: So let's talk about how you can pay off a big debt in half the time. For example, there's a schedule that you can work out how you can pay off that seven year car loan in two years or that 30-year mortgage in 15, many times it's not as hard as we think because we're paying off interest most of the time up front before it even goes to principal. So what's the difference between a payment and how is it broken down as far as how much goes to interest and how much goes to the actual debt?
1: Yeah, so you're, so you're going to start with the interest. So you're, like you said, you're going to start paying off the interest first. So a lot of times if you have a mortgage or your car payment and you look at your, the statement that comes in the mail, you're going to Uh see that, let's say for example, your mortgage is $1,000. Probably 600 of that went to interest. Uh (laughs) 200 went to the principal and then 200 went to your escrow or something like that, you know? So you're going to pay the interest up front, and then as you start paying it down, then that's when you're going to attack the principal. So there's a couple of things that you can do. So one of them is you could make extra payments and specify that you wanted to go to towards the principal. So you're attacking that principal while you are attacking the interest. And the other thing with that that you mentioned. Um, I think you mentioned it before, is that you're paying interest on the the balance, not, you know, um, you're paying huh? on what's left. So if you have less principal, then therefore you're going to pay less interest. So you, you know, if you're making extra payments, specify on your mortgage statement that you want that extra payment to go towards principal and they'll apply it towards principal. The other thing is you can make biweekly payments. And I, I don't even know how to explain this the best the best way to explain this but I know it works because I do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Making biweekly payments, it's almost like you're paying less interest, so therefore you're paying the debt the loan down quicker. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it, but that's how it works. <laughs> and sometimes it also depending on how you do the biweekly payments, you're paying an extra payment and so therefore now you're knocking that debt down, that mortgage down, you know, by months. And depending on how long you use that strategy, you could potentially be knocking a few years off of your mortgage by paying it biweekly.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, and then the last thing is if you know you have extra money and let's say, you know, you've paid off all your credit cards and you know you're investing the way you want to, then start making double payments on your mortgage so that you can knock it out and half the time and therefore you're saving on thousands of dollars of interest that you would have had to pay over 30 years or 15 years. You're going to save yourself time, and you're going to save yourself lots of money.
0: You know, many times we think we're getting ahead when we pay an extra payment, but it's a little more than that. It needs to be an extra payment to principal, in order to really get ahead of the game. So I just appreciate you so, so very much. You're so knowledgeable. And I love that you're not intimidated by numbers. You're not intimidated by finance and that you are actually empowering others to get their finances in order and be more financial savvy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Purifying Truths. Now, tell us, please, how can the audience connect with you? What can they do to have a one-on-one? You can find me on my website, she's She'sTheBudgetGuru.com,
1: or you can find me on Facebook by my first and last name, Nishaya Richardson. I'm also on LinkedIn as Nishaya Richardson, and Instagram, I'm by my business name, She's The Budget Guru you can find me there and book a financial wellness call. We can connect and depending on what type of support you need, we can discuss how we can work together.
0: And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. You too can connect with A-Star on Facebook and Instagram at Classics of A-Star. Tune in every Saturday at noon for exciting your best to illuminate the world from the various facets of life. Shine bright.